1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
0: Week 9 has come and gone, and now it's time to talk about it. Welcome, everybody, to Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network, along with Ryan Leaf. My name is Jonathan Rifkind, and to kick this thing off, Ryan... I'm gonna start off with perhaps a controversial question. Are we sure UCLA is as bad as we thought up to this point in the season? Yes. You're so you're sure?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sure they the fact that they could get to six and six is huge, I think, though. Um, you know, the 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 ability the last two weeks, the dominance of a Arizona State football team that has looked the part up to this point, there is a stat out there that if you look at the teams that have played Utah the week previous and then have to go on the road or like three and forever, you know, they it's they struggle a lot. And in the reason that the Sun Devils came back late in that football game is just because UCLA doesn't know what to do having right. the lead right now. So they struggle a little bit with that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, like, get it overblown because I, I they've only won three games. They've won their last two. They're capable of winning three of the final four that gets them to six wins in a bowl game I think would be huge more practices for Chip Kelly in that offense and that in in his program so yeah I, I mean they're better than I think a lot of people thought they were at three and and, and what are they three and four right now three and five three and five so but uh, when,
0: when you look at their losses Cincinnati's ranked San Diego State's now ranked Oklahoma obviously came in as a top six team in the nation at the time they beat Washington State who was then
1: ranked number 19 that's not a <laughs> I, I don't I don't give them any credit for that. At okay all.
0: so we're still we're just gonna pretend like that I mean but still it's a, it's a good rank right. because Washington
1: State's very good. they're right. the, probably the best four and four team in the country
0: And the way that UCLA came back to win that game, I mean you could talk more about the implosion on defense for Washington State than you can for UCLA actually coming back but anyways and then they lose to Oregon State, Arizona then they beat Stanford and Arizona State a 24th ranked team. It just seems like this team doesn't know their identity. But when you look back at the beginning of the season, you're like, oh, they lost to Cincinnati, they lost to San Diego State. Both those teams are now ranked. So those seem, compared to the field, like quality losses for UCLA in hindsight.
1: Well, <laughs> you better not ever say if you're a UCLA football team that a, a loss to San Diego State is a quality loss, <laughs> okay? Ever. I don't care how high they're ranked. So if they're
0: a top 10 team and they lose, it's not they're a quality They're never going to be a top of 10 course team, not, right?
1: But you cannot, as a Pac-12 team, as a dominant Pac-12 team, you can't lose to a group of five teams. That's that's going to be the deal. You you can't lose to a Group of Five teams and be considered that. So, and if you're ever improving, I get it. But yeah, they they I think they're better, but they're still going to have a really difficult time winning football games at UCLA with with what I have thought are arbitrary reasons in the past. The fact that their stadium's thirty miles away, uh, that holds a hundred thousand people. That those are two concepts in my mind where people are are less and less engaged in going to football games nowadays that that's going to play a huge part in their success. It it really is. And I've gotten some weird looks at that and I'm like, I'm sorry. It just it's it's part of the real world scenario now these days that having a uh, having a stadium on campus with less seats where it's raucous and there's a fan base means something in terms of recruiting and having a a fandom around that. And they're just they're not going to have it and they never will anymore.
0: I was at a high school football game on Friday that filled up more than the Rose Bowl fills up for UCLA out in Santa Ana. That's how sad <laughs> some of the some of the the home UCLA games are. Not because they don't have fans, but because nobody wants to go to Pasadena. It is if you're from Westwood, just go home and watch the game. That seems to be what most people are doing nowadays. But UCLA UCLA walks out of Saturday with a victory over Arizona State, 42 to 32. Jaden Daniels seems like he's Regressing back into his true freshman form, he didn't have a terrible game. He didn't have a great game. He was only averaging 9.2 yards per completion. Um, but it seems like he sort of slowed down from what we saw through the first six weeks, maybe seven weeks of the season.
1: Defensive coordinators are good in this league, right? They, you know, If you don't have film on somebody and you don't know what to see, there's a limited amount that you can take from early freshman play. But once you do, and you see a bit of a blueprint of what Utah did a week ago against him, you know you bring that to the forefront. He still threw three touchdown passes late in the football game, like he said to come back. But you know he's playing much better than a, a true freshman should be playing in this conference. Herm Edwards has got to be pretty pleased with what it looks like. But I tell you what, you know all those expectations or all that um, optimism that was coming out of Tempe a few weeks ago you know, has been tempered a bit, and now you're talking about a situation where a coach they brought in where there seems like to be a lot of optimism around everything that's played out, uh, you know, is is middle of the road, kind of what they were with Todd Graham, so where's the change? It just feels like there's been a culture change, and there feels like there's been this positivity, positivity that's reigned over the Sun Devil program, but uh, you know, two big back-to-back losses in games that you needed to compete in, in, in particular the Utah one and because of top 25 opponents, and then to go on the road after that loss to see how you deal with adversity and get blown out by a uh, UCLA team that hadn't won in that stadium this year, I think is huge.
0: I mean, the fact that Arizona State was able to put up 22 points in the fourth quarter and they still lost that game is it's pretty unbelievable. UCLA was able to get themselves into the driver's seat going into that fourth and final quarter. Um, unfortunately, though, for, you, for Arizona State, it's a loss. They're now 5-3, and, and again, just continuing to shake up the South. It is looking just meatier for USC to walk out of the South right now. But we'll see what happens on Saturday. We'll preview that game, the USC-Oregon game, and the implications for the rest of the Pac-12 South on Thursday's pod. By the way, before we move on from UCLA, we are recording this on a Monday. There are some very bad fires that broke out early this morning uh, over by the Getty Center. UCLA has canceled classes today. We hope that everybody who is affected by these fires uh, is safe, and we wish them the best through another tough time uh, during fire season here in Southern California. Friday saw USC Colorado, a game that you pinned as perhaps more competitive than people see on paper due to the conditions, due to the road, due to it being Friday. And you were right. 35-31, USC pulls it out. That They were down late. They score 14 in the fourth to come back to win. Are you surprised by the outcome, even though last week this seemed like the the way the game went seemed like how you thought it would go?
1: Well, they just have been a different football team on their own. I had, I had thought they'd they they'd play better than they did. I also didn't realize the the how injury riddled they were in this football game, especially at the running back position. Um, so it, it surprised me. But to see Steven Montez play the way that he did, too, it just it, it was surprising all the way around. The difference this time is that they didn't find a way to lose the football game where they did at BYU, where they did at Notre Dame. They found a way to win the football game, and that for me means something different. Now, they've been an incredibly different football team at home, and they get to go home and and take on your ducks this weekend, but the fact that they were able to find a way to win on a Friday night in, in, in a hostile environment, being down, and to get it done late in that football game, I think says a lot about... This this football team and their resolve and Clay Helton, regardless of what anybody else has to think about about him, may be having his best coaching performance of his tenure at USC. And I know a lot of USC alumni don't want to hear that because they want somebody else new in there. But he's doing an outstanding job um, patching a, together a football team that's on their, you know, they've gone through three quarterbacks at a time. Uh, they're down to their fifth string running back. I mean, he, he's done his best job of coaching at USC since he's been there. I truly believe that this season.
0: What happens to Keaton Slovis when JT Daniels comes back next year?
1: I'm not worried about it. Uh, they're going to have a fun competition. I mean, look at Washington State in the air raid right, and those quarterbacks, right? I mean, Anthony Gordon is as good as any of them have played the last three years, right? right? So And they've just stacked them on top of each other. And that just may be the case. The only difference is at Washington State, Guy stayed. they didn't go enter the transfer portal. What happens at some higher uh, – some, some more blue blood programs like USC and you got five-star guys like that, they're not – they won't stand that for that, right? They'll, they'll go enter the portal and go try to do it somewhere else. That's the difference. Uh, so I would expect that probably to play out in that way, but I think it's going to be a healthy, fun, and exciting competition – um, right now, Keaton Slovis is, is really putting together a resume, right? If he's able to get to a Pac-12 South title, I mean, that has to give him the advantage over a Daniels when they get into the, the competition a year from now.
0: Not to mention, now I don't think this guy will start right off the bat or even get that many snaps, but they do have five-star quarterback recruit. Um, out of Narbonne down in Harbor City, his name is Jacob Garcia, really, really good quarterback. He committed as soon as Bryce Young flipped his tra- uh, his commitment from USC to Alabama. Again, I don't expect... Garcia to play next season for USC, but he'll be in the conversation at least post-spring game for a very short amount of time before it's really Slovis versus Daniels once Daniels comes back. So USC beats Colorado 35-31. to They move to 5-3 on the season, 4-1 in the Pac-12, and it continues to show that the South, very interesting with that Utah tiebreaker that USC currently owns. Utah beat Cal 35-0. It's a game that I think we all assumed would be a blowout. The biggest question was, what could Cal's defense do (laughs) against Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss and the rest of uh, the Utah offense? Well, what we found out is they couldn't do anything.
1: They couldn't do anything. And not only could they do anything, but you almost can fall off the bus and get 100 yards in a football game these days offensively. And for them to be held to under 100 yards of total offense – is unbelievable Utah's defense what they've done since that USC loss I got to give that coaching staff and that defense a ton of credit with their ability to take an honest look in the mirror go back to work not hang their heads play the victim and work their tails off because what they've done in responding since then right they beat up a Washington State team that has scored on everybody held them to 13 points they go and hold a Oregon State team uh, to absolutely, you know, no points either. And they also do it in a game against um, Arizona State, who scored points, and then this week against Cal. I mean, what they're capable of doing defensively is put them, in my opinion, ahead of everybody else in the Pac-12 Conference. I've jumped them uh, over Oregon in not only my top 25 nationally – but as well as my power rankings because of what they've done. Uh, Cal has become as anemic on offense as uh, you could even imagine. The loss of Chase Garbers can't be overstated in terms of what that has meant to the football team. The last time Chase Garbers was on the football field, that football team was 5-0, and leading an Arizona State team on a Friday night on ESPN. And since then, nothing. And they have fallen all the way to the very bottom of my Pac-12 power. They are 12th. And that is not getting better unless you see Chase Garber step back on that football field.
0: So I woke up this morning and immediately checked Twitter. The first thing that I saw was Ryan Leafs top 25 rankings for week 10. And the first thing that drew my eye and that you just mentioned was you have Utah 6, Oregon 7, and USC 25. Now, we haven't gotten into the Oregon game yet, but I think that we should... Put that on the back burner just for a moment because I want you to delve in further why you have Utah. I mean, last week we discussed that Oregon was the best one-loss team in the country. Better than Florida. Better than Georgia. Now better than Oklahoma. Was it really that Utah defense last week that spoke to you to the point where you had Utah jump, or was there something that you saw out of this Oregon game?
1: There was, well, the Oregon game, I mean, they've allowed 30-plus points in back-to-back It weeks. wasn't just
0: despite the Ducks for beating Washington State. That's why you didn't put them? No? Okay. Not at
1: all. I mean, they, there's a very good chance they could, they, they, they could have lost that game as well as the Washington game. They're finding ways to win football games. What Utah's doing is dominating football games and common opponents. Now, this week could change with Oregon playing USC because that will be a third common opponent for me and Washington as well. You know, if Utah decimates a Washington team, I would I would dare say that Utah is the better team still. But my common opponents right now are Cal and Washington State, and Utah made them look absolutely pedestrian, where Oregon struggled with both. And that, for me, made me think that Utah is a better one-loss team right now. Jumped them in the polls. The, the margin is slim, yeah. right? It's, it's super slim. It's – You know, the college football rankings haven't even haven't come out. So but they are the better team in my mind right now. So I I feel like if they played right now uh, on a neutral site, which is the Pac-12 championship floor, I think they I, I feel like Utah would would have the upper hand and win the football game. We'll see how it plays out the next four weeks. But that's where I have them right now.
0: So where we sit right now. Outside rankings, college football playoff conversation. Did Utah jump into that conversation over Oregon in that as well, or does Oregon still hold the cards when it comes to representing the Pac-12 in the college football playoff?
1: I think they're exactly the same in that discussion uh, topic because the one that wins the Pac-12 championship is going to be the one that – and they're going
0: right. to – for
1: them to get there, they're going to have to play each other. Right. A lot of people say that Oregon, as a one-loss Pac-12 champion, has a better chance than a one-loss Utah team as is, is champion. Because
0: Auburn is a quality loss versus USC?
1: Yes, I don't necessarily believe that to be true. I, I think that either team that wins is going to have a just as uh, just as strong argument in that uh, in that conference room in Texas when they put out the final rankings on December eighth. So uh, I'm not too interested right now. They just got they got to take care of business this weekend, right? If if Utah wins uh, and, and Oregon loses, you know that doesn't help Utah any. You know Utah needs Oregon to win, right? Not only that, because that gets, them, that gets them in a position to be the South champ, but also gets them to get to play a one-loss Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship. They don't want to play a two-loss Oregon team, right? And they need USC to lose again, because if they don't, they could end up being an 11-1 and football team and not participating, yep. right? So then you have the, the conversation like, you know, this 11-1 and Utah team deserves to be in the conversation for best teams in the country, and they're not going to even be in the Pac-12 championship. Now, any other conference like Alabama, if they were to lose to LSU without Tua two weeks from now, uh, everybody's going, "Well, they deserve to be in the conversation." Why wouldn't a Utah team? There's a, um, you know, there's something that follows with the Pac-12 conference that makes that a non uh, non-starter in that discussion. But it should be. What needs to happen this weekend is is that Utah needs Oregon to win against USC, and they need to win against Washington, and that plays out, and, and I don't know if both things are are, are capable thing. I, I think USC has a really good shot of, of beating this Oregon team, and you know it wouldn't surprise me if Washington beat this Utah football team either. These are four teams that are in my top four in the power rankings. They're the best four teams in the conference right now, and they're playing this weekend.
0: We'll get into those games on our Thursday edition of Believe in the Pac-12. By the way, please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening, no matter how you're listening or where you're listening, or even when you're listening, all of us here at Believe in the Pac-12 and the Believe Podcasting Network appreciate you making us part of your very busy schedule. 37 to 35, Oregon, my ducks down Washington State, your Cougars in what was a very exciting game, too close for comfort uh, last week, Ryan and I made a bet. Right now, he's wearing an Angels sweatshirt and a Minnesota T-shirt under. I know that currently Minnesota's your football team. Shout out to P.J. Fleck and the 8 no Golden Gophers. But in the near future, I expect you to follow up on that bet and be wearing some, some yellow and orange. Or orange, wow. Yep. Yellow and green here soon.
1: I will be. I will be. I I, I forgot about it. I uh, should have tweeted at you. You should have. Um you know, this football game for me was always in doubt. The 14 points—I—I I, I yelled at at the top of my lungs to everybody out there, like, "Hey, if if you're a betting person, just just run away with those 14 points." Yeah. I mean, four consecutive years they've beaten this football team. Um, last week, I thought, you know, they were exposed a bit defensively, and and sure enough, Washington State just did what they want. Washington State wins that football game if they don't uh, implode on themselves, right? They. They throw an interception in the end zone.
0: Yeah, the Javon Holland touchdown,
1: and then they throw a pick six right before half. I mean, both of those right there, and they most likely uh, win that football game. And uh, I will say that that uh, Justin Herbert, uh, again late in the football game, did the thing he needed to do, put him in a cha- put him in a position to win the football game with a with a field goal late, and, and he did it. And um, so I'm not necessarily too concerned with what they do offensively what i'm concerned with is what has happened defensively for them especially heading into uh a usc week where they are they have three potential nfl wide receivers out there and a quarterback that can get them the football so um huge win for them to a lot of those guys on that team had never no in fact the whole team had never beaten washington state in their careers they get that they continue to rise up the ranks Uh, In terms of the AP poll, jumps to number 7, I think, in the AP poll. Um, They're sitting at 7th for me as well. Um, This weekend's going to tell us a lot. The funny thing about this, though, for them, a loss here wouldn't destroy their Pac-12 title chances. It would destroy their college football playoff ambitions. And and we talked to Matt Prim from
0: uh, from
1: 24-7 on my radio show uh, today, and he talked to us about maybe – winning the Pac-12 conference and not getting into the playoff may do a lot for this football team to be 5th in the country, win a Rose Bowl instead of going and being embarrassed by the number 1 or number 2 teams in the country uh, on the on the national semifinal level. And I think there's a couple teams that they could compete with in the college football playoff conversation. I think they could compete with LSU and Alabama. I do think they get I do think think they get beat down pretty handily by a, by a Clemson and an Ohio State. So if, if both those teams are in the first or second spot, I would rather also take the, the Pac-12 championship Rose Bowl bid over that. I know as a player, you never want that. You want to compete. But there's something to be said about that. Uh, I had the same argument a year ago when Washington State was vying for a possibility with one loss before heading into the Apple Cup. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, but right now, this weekend is what's most important. And, we, and I said it a couple of weeks ago. Every week from this point on for, for Oregon, the pressure of each and every game is going to mount and mount and mount because now the college football playoff is sitting out there dangling in front of them, especially after, uh, Oklahoma, after Oklahoma loses this weekend in an upset against Kansas State.
0: Yeah, it was a crazy game. So the national conversation about Clemson has been very sporadic. I mean, you have the sides that are saying that Trevor Lawrence, you know, is top 50 passer rated or is top 50 – uh, yeah, passer rating in the nation. He's a—he's not doing as well. He's making bad decisions. You know, they're playing in the ACC, not even arguably the by far the worst uh, of the competitive conferences and the Power Five level. But you just said that Clemson would beat down an Oregon, but Oregon can compete with an LSU or an Alabama. Do you have Clemson higher than most people do as of right now nationally?
1: Yeah, they're the number one team in the country. They're the best football team.
0: Even though the ACC is? They're
1: better than they were a year ago. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Everybody's going off what Trevor Lawrence has looked like and the fact that he is not what they've seen a year ago, right? That's what they're going off of. They're not watching the games. They're taking snapshots from Center and seeing him throw a couple interceptions. This defense is better than they were a year ago, and they lost four guys to the NFL. Their wide receiver core is better. Their running back is better. Their quarterback is going to be better. This football team is just a powder keg ready to implode on some or explode on somebody and to me they're the best football team in the country you put them on a neutral site field with anybody they win and that's going to be the problem and they're gonna get a chip on their shoulder because guess what every week and when the college football rankings come out if the guys and girls in that room decide to put them in the fourth or third spot that Roy bus is gonna be just loaded Mm. and they are gonna be happy campers the rest of the way um, playing for something all the time, so I think they're the best team in the country and continue to be the best team in the country. Uh, Ohio State and LSU are close behind that, and, and then Alabama at four right now. Those are my top four. Penn State at five, uh, and then we know the rest. Um, if Minnesota
0: but, wins out, by the way, do they get a shot at the college football playoff?
1: If they are thirteen and zero in Big Ten and Big Ten champions, means they beat the Ohio State team yep. in the Big Ten championship. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they're in the the college football. That's the
0: Cinderella story to look at, by the way.
1: Of course, uh, you know, college game day is lurking two weeks from now against Penn State. Um, if they're able to win that football game, they have to go to Iowa. Still, they have to go to Northwestern, and then they host Wisconsin. There's a very good chance they play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship, which, you know, ironically enough, was my prediction before the season started. I had them. Really, I had Minnesota winning the West. Wow. And Ohio State winning the East, so so that double
0: overtime win over Fresno State to open up the season must have been a little bit scary, huh?
1: I I just I actually had them losing to Fresno this year. <laughs> I had them nine and three with losses to Fresno, yeah, um, Penn State, and Iowa. Those are my three losses I had for them this year. There's
0: two of those still on the table.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So if they are a ten and two football team, um, the Wisconsin final game of the year will be for the West. Yeah,
0: Big Ten really shaping up to be. I mean, we know Ohio State's the best team in that conference, but the rest of it, it's kind of like the Pac-12 in a way. But
1: if I told you this though, if I told you that uh, that Clemson um, is average, their average um, margin of victory this year is forty-two to ten. What, what would you what would you say when people come to you and say like, Clemson is Clemson is struggled against Clemson struggled against Syracuse, and I looked because I, I hadn't looked back that far, and I thought. They they beat Syracuse forty one to six. Yeah. Um, their average number, their average uh, um, margin of victory is forty two to ten this season. It's better than it was last year. Right. Um, last year they should have lost to Texas A and M. Needed Kelly Bryant to come in and win the football game. And they probably should have lost to Syracuse. Chase Bryce came in, threw a touchdown to get him over the top. Both things that Trevor Lawrence couldn't do in that. So Trevor Lawrence wasn't the story last year. Trevor Lawrence isn't necessarily the story this year, and um, they're in better shape than they were a year ago.
0: So you really think it's the national narrative that's shaping the perception behind Clemson versus this team is better in all these different areas but all people are seeing? Are interceptions being thrown? I know Trevor Lawrence isn't a Heisman candidate like we thought. he. It's just this perception that the media is building.
1: And the expectations that existed for him, right? The, the expectations was this guy, if if he could have gone to the pros last year, would have been the first pick in the NFL draft. And, oh, my God, he has eight interceptions this year? Yep. He only had five last year altogether. Let's <laughs> – it's a snapshot in this culture of what we're – no one's watching those full games. Go watch the whole game in Louisville. He throws those bad interceptions in the first half. Watch what he does in the second half. They are as talented as anybody in the country. That wide receiver room is loaded. Their running back is loaded. It, it It's going to play out like it's going to play out. The only the only question is, is the committee going to give them the chip on the shoulder they need? Are they going to say, you know, pack up that Roy bus and, and let's roll going into the na- national championship, national semifinal? You know, they may not get... Uh, the optimal place for the semifinal because they weren't in a, the one or two spot, right? They may be in the third or fourth and have to go out west or go somewhere else instead of being kind of in the same area for them. They're not going to care. Right. You know, a neutral site Clemson team, regardless of what kind of conference they play in, is, is going to be a nightmare for anybody who plays them.
0: My final question as we're, we're really pushing the end of this, this podcast uh, where do you have the conference rankings? Five Power Five conferences. Where do you have each one nationally?
1: Um, if you go by my, if you go by my top twenty-five, you know, I, and that's usually the best way for me to, to rank things. You know, you you have, you know, for me, the ACC only has one, so I put them at five. Um, the Pac-12 has three for me, so you may put them at four. Um, the Big Twelve has, you know, one, two, three. So maybe, you know, maybe they they I'd probably go right now SEC, Big Ten, Pac twelve, Big Twelve, ACC. That's probably the way I'd go about it. And if you want, you can put the American in there. I mean they oh, yeah. are they are they are easily a power six. Like like if you wanted to go there. SMU, Cincinnati, um, Memphis, um, Temple had a shot they were in recently, and then you got the Mountain West that's playing really good. You got San Diego State and Boise State in the mix there. I mean, it's 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 a really good mixture of college football this season. Do you know this? Are they going to Memphis this weekend for game day?
0: I'm not. Have they
1: announced it? I don't know if they've announced it yet. I, I hope they do. SMU, Memphis, um, top twenty ranked football team teams to play this weekend. I think it's. It could be for the American. Um.
0: So as of this morning, your parent network, ESPN, has decided to hold off on announcing where they're going. This is the longest that game day has taken to announce where they're going since the inception. So I, I think that there's a toss-up right now. But Mem- it seems like Memphis is at the top of the conversation right now. Um, okay. So I think that that'll do it. Covered the Pac-12. Crazy, crazy week nine as usual. Oregon, the Ducks walking away with a win against Washington State, 37-35. Other big games, that, uh, big results, UCLA over number 24, Arizona State, USC over Colorado, and Utah over Cal. Stanford did beat Arizona uh, in the final game of the Pac-12 slate. K.J. Costello, 312 yards and three touchdowns in the game back for the Cardinal. Join us on Thursday when we preview Week 10. We'll talk more about the national narrative and what the big four teams matching up on Saturday mean for the outlook for the conference and the outlook nationally for the Pac-12. But until then, my name is Jonathan Rifkin for Ryan Leaf and the Believe Podcasting Network. This has been another episode of Believe in the Pac-12 on the Believe Podcasting Network.